Well, Mike, we have made it. The OHL Championships, the finals, gets going as we get going for the night shift, episode number 56. Kyle Gamard and Mike Stubbs, your hosts, as we get you ready and set to go. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, globalnews.ca. And it has been quite the season, Mike, but here we are. The final two teams standing, the London Knights and the Peterborough Peets, get set for game one Thursday night at Budweiser Gardens. And you have to love it. If we go back to the beginning of the year, did anyone pick London versus Peterborough to be playing in the championship series? I'm thinking no. Unless you had somebody who was born in Peterborough and now lives in London and was thinking, hey, this would be fun if this happened, or vice versa. I think that's the only way. These two teams galvanized along the way. They've become playoff, battle-tested, and now they go head-to-head in a best of seven. Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun, too. And you know what's funny, Mike? There are a lot of similarities between these two teams. Neither team was, like you said, Really, the juggernaut or the it team, you know, we, we looked over in the Eastern Conference and Ottawa was, you know, the beast in the East. And then on the Western side, everybody always looked at Windsor, of course, and made after they made a couple deadline moves, you know, they they were the team with the big target on their backs. And, you know, London's a team that didn't have a 30 goal score. They had some good goaltending, some good depth, but no one really thought, hey, we get into a series with them. Our star guys will maybe take over and both teams ended the regular season kind of 500 as well. And they're both also dealing with injuries right now, Mike. They are. And it's going to be interesting to see if we get a return of either one of the really key players on either side. Everybody who follows the London Knights closely knows that Brett Brochu went down in game two of the series against the Sarnia Sting. We saw Zach Bowen come in. His teammates immediately said, we know what this guy can do. And he went out And he did it, and the Knights defeated the Sarnia Sting. So it's great to have that one-two punch in net. You always want to have it. The Knights certainly do. On the Peterborough Pete side, Sean Spearing is the big injury that they have. He's their captain. And in Game 7 against the North Bay Battalion, he ended up blocking a shot that hit him in the face. And very quickly, Peterborough admitted He has a broken jaw. In fact, he wasn't there for the celebrations. He wasn't there to accept the Bobby Orr trophy that you win when you win the Eastern Conference in the OHL because he was getting medical treatment. The fact that they've come out makes you think, "Mm, probably not going to play. Sometimes, depending on the break, sometimes you'll see guys able to play. I remember the Knights had Brandon Prust, who seemed to come back very quickly even though he had a broken jaw. So is it out of the question? Not out of the question. The other injury concern for the Peterborough Peets is Jonathan Malee. He's a former Bulldog. We'll talk about that. There are six former Bulldogs in this series, five of them who won an OHL championship, but Malee went feet first into the boards in the series against North Bay, and he's a question mark. And we do now know how long Cam Govro will be out. Cam Govro is going to be key for Peterborough without Sean Spearing because both are defensemen, and Peterborough is a little lean on defense without them. Cam Govro has been given a two-game suspension, so an additional two games following last round for a hit on Pasquale Zito of North Bay. So he will miss game one and game two. He will return for game three in Peterborough. So those are the lineups as we know them, hours out from the drop of the puck in game one. 
Well, and you know, you talk about the the lack of defense, maybe depth on the Peterborough side, maybe something that London can uh, expose a little bit. But on London side, that their depth on defense is actually one of their strengths. That's something that they really lean on and have leaned on in the playoffs. Is it ever? And that overall depth, if we go back, these teams met in 2006, and there was a series that I think has something to it because the Peterborough Peets won that series four straight. What advantage did they have? They had the advantage of more depth. The London Knights were coming off the season in which they were the team of the century that had a lot of graduates, and there was a lot of work put for Dylan Hunter, Rob Shrimp, Dave Boland, and Sergei Kostitsin, who had joined the London Knights to do. And Peterborough just seemed to have that extra guy. Will depth play itself out for the London Knights? Well, if we're talking about on defense, the Knights definitely have more depth on defense. They've got seven players who have played regularly in the playoffs to the point we've seen them use 11 forwards and seven defensemen at times. Let's wait and see how that plays out. But overall, you just you look at the chance, and this is what these teams both have. Neither one is willing to go down easily and everybody wants to know okay well who's going to win this series make a prediction I always struggle to do that no matter what in sports but in this case there are so many times when you can look back in 2016 the London Knights were on a big winning streak when they got to the OHL championship series they had won what was it nine games in a row and the Niagara Ice Dogs had won a whole pile in a row I think they won seven in a row so both of these teams were flying, and you would think, wow, this is going to create a series that goes all the way to overtime of Game 7, and the Knights swept the series. You just can't tell how they're going to match up. And then you can go back to 2013. The Barry Colts seemed to be a team that was in tough against a London Knights club that had won the year before and had returned a lot of players. And Barry jumped out to a 3-1 lead, and the Knights had to battle back and win that one in Game 7 on the Bo Horvat goal. So you never know, because these teams don't see each other a lot. Even the one game, Kyle, that we can use that really had the lineups as they are right now, I don't know if you want to use it, because I think the Knights got caught looking ahead to the Ottawa 67s. They were beginning a road trip in Peterborough. They were going to play Ottawa the next night, and Ottawa, you mentioned it, was the team to beat. And I really think that they were looking ahead to that game. They ended up losing 3 to nothing. We can talk about the Peterborough Memorial Center. We certainly will when the series shifts to Peterborough, but it's a different environment given the ice surface and the way that games are played. It's tough to use a speed game in there, and and rimming the puck around the boards on dump-ins is a little different. So it's it's a, a different setting. And I think the Knights were maybe not caught off guard by that because you always know it's there, but the bounces played to the Peterborough Peets that night. And it was a low-scoring game. It was 3-0. I don't know if we can even take anything out of that. So I think this is just... Line it up. The Peterborough Peets have a lot of explosiveness on offense and Brennan Othman and Owen Beck and Connor Lockhart and Tucker Robertson. They've got some really good players. They've got some size as well. They've got some nastiness on defense, especially when Cam Govro gets back. And so this is a club that is deserving of being here. And then we haven't even talked about Londoner Michael Simpson in net. He was third in both save percentage and goals against average in the regular season. He is uh, a tremendous goaltender and it's going to be tough to beat him because he has that added incentive, Kyle, of I'm playing my hometown team.
Yeah, 51 games for Simpson as well, and he was stellar in the series against North Bay and came up clutch in Game 7 on the road to clinch that series. You know, the one thing you, you mentioned, Mike, about you know, which team would you predict coming out of this? And what's funny is, you know, there, I think there have been series for both of these teams where I think a lot of the predictions may have gone the other way. You could probably make the case that Sarnia London, I think a lot of people may have even switched over after the Brett Brochu injury and thought, okay, now Sarnia is going to go win this thing. And London still found a way to prevail. Peterborough had two matchups, one against Ottawa and then one against North Bay. You could probably make the argument that 70 to 75% of the people who are watching and predicting that series would have went in the other favor. They would have went with Ottawa. They would have went with North Bay, especially in a game seven in North Bay, Ottawa coming after a first round win. And both teams have found ways to prevail and show that, you know, they don't go down easy, like you said. So I think that that's going to make for a really intriguing matchup. I think both teams are going to want to use their home ice advantage. London with the 9,000-plus crowd in the NHL-style building. And Peterborough with a building that's unique to unlike any other building in the Ontario Hockey League. And hopefully catch the Knights off guard. So I think that th there are so many key storylines. But both teams have shown a willingness that they are not going to go down easy. And even if it's a series that goes five games, maybe... Those five games, I feel, are going to be very hard fought. They're going to be miserable, and either team is going to make life very difficult on the other. If you're getting a win, you know, you're you're coming out with a, a, a few pieces missing. Well, that's it. You're looking to appreciate the opportunity and appreciate the moment, but not let the moment get to you. Perry Berizan, who used to play in the National Hockey League, said it so well one time he was a, a young guy in 1986 and he was with the Calgary Flames and he's in the Montreal Forum and it's game one of the Stanley Cup final and he's standing on the blue line he's starting and he's looking around and he's thinking huh. so this is what the Stanley Cup final feels like wow Stanley Cup final in Montreal Forum oh Canada is playing and he's looking around and he's thinking really doesn't feel any different than any of the games we played earlier here. Uh, yeah, okay. Let's go out and do this. And that's what you want to be able to do, to appreciate how close you are. And, for instance, here is Landon Sim, and you can just hear it in his voice. Listen to Landon Sim talk about the chance that he feels the Knights have. It's kind of surreal right now. Like, I'm just so excited to step on the ice for warm-up and be like, yeah, playing in the OHL final. So, yeah, I going to try to leave the series with no regrets and hopefully be a champion by the end of it. That's Landon Sam of the London Knights. He wants at this, and he is a perfect player for a series like this, where you're just going 100 miles an hour, you're putting everything you can in front of a puck to block it if it's being shot your way, but you still have to have that, all right, I appreciate the opportunity I have, but I'm not letting it get to me. And usually the team in junior hockey that's able to do that at a time like this or even in the next step for whoever makes it to the Memorial Cup, the team that does that the best is the team that's going to give itself the greatest chance to win. Well, on top of that, Mike, too, it's the players that have been there before or know what it takes to get there. And you mentioned earlier, 6X Bulldogs, one guy. Avery Hayes, who's the leading goal scorer right now on the Peterborough Peets, is another guy with star power you got to watch out for. But, you know, on the nights you got Winterton and Ryan Humphrey and George Diaco, Avery Hayes, Gap, like these are all guys, five of them who won a championship just last year, all have been instrumental in 
where their teams are right now. Avery Hayes scored a massive goal for Peterborough in the last round against the battalion to, to really give them that opportunity to move on forward. He's going to be guy leaned on heavily as well. But you also mentioned other players that live for these type of games. Landon Sim is one of them. And for the Knights, Max McHugh in a very special matchup with him, not just for the OHL championship, but to go against Sam McHugh, his brother. This is pretty neat. And we talked on an earlier episode of the Night Shift this year about Max and Sam's mom and how she has a London Knights and Peterborough Pete's jersey. It's split split in half. And she wears it proudly anytime her boys play. And they did that twice this year. Well, now they're going to play at least four more games. Sam is young. And let's face it, he's not in the lineup every single night. But he's still a part of that Peterborough Pete's team. So there's some family bragging rights. Here is Max McHugh on facing his brother. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool, obviously, to you know play against my brother in the OHL final. Um, you know, something that... You know, we talked a little bit about the year, but we didn't know, you know, if it would actually happen or not. So, um, yeah, I mean, everyone's pretty excited. You know, we got extra tickets now in the building, so um, they're pretty happy about that. Um, but, yeah, everyone will, everyone will come down and um, support both of us. And, uh, you know, one, one of us will end up going there, and hopefully, hopefully it's the older brother. Max McHugh, hopefully the older brother wins. He says, I don't think anybody's stepping aside for any reason, but yeah, that's just one of those matchups. And the Bulldogs factor is real because you have players who can say, this is what it takes to win. And you look back at the London Knights, they had an 0-3 and 1 start, and then they acquired George Diaco. And then they went 4-1 and 1 in their next six games. And the thing that you have to realize is the Knights have a sensational coaching staff. But it's so great when what the coaches are saying can be shown to you on the ice. And the fact that the Knights won four of six, got points in five of six, as soon as George Diaco showed up, that's not any kind of coincidence. That is George Diaco showing this is how you have to play every day. And you look at the contributions of all of those ex-Bulldogs. What is Ryan Winterton doing? He was the MVP of the series against Sarnia. What is Ryan Humphrey doing? Look at the goals that he has scored. We talk about Avery Hayes and his eight goals. Well, Ryan Humphrey has seven goals in 15 games, and he does all kinds of other things as well. Avery Hayes is a sniper. Ryan Humphrey is a guy who's just going to go out and make himself known on the ice, but he has scored seven times. And then you also look at Gavin White, who has been so clutch. Gavin White last year in the OHL Championship Series, he's a draft pick of the Dallas Stars, who came out of the U18 OHL Priority Selection. He was passed over in the regular OHL Priority Selection, and he is the latest pick ever to play in an OHL game at this point. Gavin White, in overtime of Game 4 with the Hamilton Bulldogs, trailing in the series two games to one against Windsor, scores the overtime winning goal to tie it up 2-2. I think George Diaco assisted on it. I think Diaco fed it back to him. And Gavin White scores, ties the series, and although that went seven, that was such a key moment. He's a guy who can rise up, and that is the pedigree, the resume that these five guys bring. 
Uh, it, it, you're so bang on. It's it's you surround yourself with what you want to become, Mike. And it's funny. Right after that, George Diaco trade, the Knights went four one and one. And at the deadline, what did they do? They went they went right back to the well and acquiring two more players from the same team that got them George Diaco. So you bring in championship caliber mindset, and it starts to spread throughout the dressing room. And I just I want to quickly go back and talk about you know when you're all star MVP goaltender Brett Brochu, who by the way was. 10 and one with a 1.4 goals against average and a 945 save percentage. He goes down in game two against Sarnia. Your backup rookie 17 year old goaltender comes in and the mindset of the room. It's like a, it's a regular steady beating heartbeat. Nothing changes, nothing rises, nothing dips. They have the same mindset. They drop two in Sarnia. They adjust and Zach Bowen goes out and shows two of his best performances of the year in games five and six. They close it out on the road and it's the team that surrounds him that knows, listen, nothing changes with this team. We know what Zach Bowen can do. He's second in, in the OHL rankings and consecutive wins for rookie goaltender. He did it for a reason. He can do it again for us. And I just think that is so crucial to have as a team, knowing that nothing is going to rattle this team. Nothing's going to get under the skin. Nothing is going to flaw their mindsets of competing for an OHL championship. Kyle, I wonder how many Knights fans heard Knights players saying don't worry, we've got Zach Bowen. And actually believed that the Knights believed that. They did. And as much as you would think, oh, well, they're just saying that because now a rookie goalie is going in and he's going to be the starting goaltender while Brett Brochu is injured. Uh, no, they believed that. They really 100% believed that. And Brett Brochu had a 1.4 goals against average in those two games that the Knights used to win that series against Sarnia. Zach Bowen's goals against average, 1.5. You're going to take that every single day, and nobody is going to forget the eight saves he made in game five as he was able to go out and, and make that big difference early so that the Knights could get that first goal, and they took off from there. So the goaltending matchup is a great one for different reasons. Michael Simpson is 19 years of age. And Zach Bowen is just turned 18 late April. So he's the rookie. Michael Simpson is the veteran for the Peterborough Peets. And so now they go head to head in net. We also talked about home ice advantage. Here is Rick Stedman on home ice advantage for the London Knights. That's uh, huge for us. I mean, uh, I think we got the best fans in the world here. There's be 9,000 strong cheering. And if you can't get up for that, uh, you, you likely shouldn't be out there. Um, but our guys love it. The fans get behind them. They cheer for every hit, every little play, whether it's good or bad. And anytime that happens, it's really hard to slow down. What is Peterborough like? A lot of London fans will say, we only saw them once and it was way, way long ago in the season. What are they like? What What kind of team are they? They're they're a good team. They got a lot of skill up front. They got seven, eight guys up front that uh, put up big numbers this year. Uh, they all play hard. Um, they're going to play fast. And if we uh, make mistakes or give them an inch and let them go around in our own zone, uh, they're going to find ways to score. So we just got to push them back, get in their own, uh, get in their own zone, get some shots on on net and crash, and then make them play our game. Stedman talking about how good the Peterborough Peets are. This is a really good team, but you have to. Force your will on the other side. You want to play it your way. And for the Knights, that's using their speed, using their quickness, not letting Peterborough collapse in their own zone because Peterborough will block shots and they have a lot of big players who will block shots, a lot of gritty players. So you want there to be movement in this game. You don't want that 
basketball half-court offense set up all the time. So Rick Stedman talking about how things will go down and what they need to do in game number one and in this entire series. Kyle, let's take a moment to ask about the Peterborough Peets. Graham Elliott is on their radio broadcast crew, and we had a chance to talk with Graham about the first finals meeting between London and Peterborough since 2006, a time when we didn't even have smartphones. Uh, no, no smartphones. Uh, 2006. Well, I, I'm trying to have a hard time to remember what I did last week compared to based on how this hockey schedule has played out. But, you know, 06 in Peterborough, uh, certainly a different time here in the city of Peterborough, different fan base at times as well. Uh, but you know what? Now with the social media and with smartphones, there's a lot more people that are driving this Pete's fan bus, uh, maybe a lot more, maybe back in 2006, they'll say. Yeah, well, this is going to be a tremendous series because you have the markets of London and Peterborough. They know junior hockey almost as well as any markets anywhere in the Canadian Hockey League. Before we get to the Peets and dissect them a little bit, Graham, how about being down 3-2 to North Bay and finding a way to win two games to win that series in seven? What do you think it was? that Peterborough did, or what did they have that maybe North Bay wasn't able to get to in order to win those games? It was the will to will to win. That's really what it boiled down to. They came together, this team, which you know it took a long time for this team to finally get together. And I don't think you ask anyone about the Pete's of the regular season, this team didn't have a chance to go anywhere in the postseason. Uh, there was a lot of people that had this feeling that this was a team that was going to go down quickly in the first round, depending on who they were going to play. They were having a hard time trying to get their seating. They couldn't get the wins and when they need them. And it just seemed like this was going to be a problem child going into the postseason. But all of a sudden, a key turned in the postseason. And this team had a chemistry like no team I probably have seen in quite some time. And they just got all together, all in one shot, all together. And it was the will to win. And especially when you come out of a blowout loss like they had in game five against North Bay, I'll be honest, there was a lot of people on social media that said, well, it was a nice playoff run, but that's just where it's going to end now. Unfortunately, they're going to lose to North Bay in game six or game seven. And uh, then we'll uh, start looking at next year. But that's not what the Peets did. They knew they had what they had in front of them. They knew what they had in that locker room. And they knew they had that touch. And it was the ability to compete and be able to outlast your opponents and I think that was one of the biggest keys to this entire series and be able to use the tools they have as well with guys like Brandon Offman and Avery Hayes and Owen Beck and J.R. Avon with the speeds uh, and the uh, the stick skill set that he has, all being able to find opportunities, especially when you have a big defensive line like North Bay does. Let's talk about the guy in net as well. Michael Simpson is from London. What a regular season he had. Tell us about how he's played in the playoffs. I love Michael Simpson. He's a cool cat. He goes into every single game, every single series, just with a great attitude. He's ready to go, and he doesn't let too many things bother him. You know, you can see in different games, different series, different times, different goaltenders would have an issue. They would let something get stuck inside their head. They would get run by, you know, the opposition, and they'd have guys in their their, their front yard uh, trying to mess them up a little bit. Not Michael Simpson. He has just been... The catalyst of this back end, even when the defense is broken down in front of him, even when there's bad back checking going on, when odd man rushes happen, he's been able to stand tall and be able to kind of, you know, shrug it off. Even if there's a bad goal that he gave up in game five, 
that was one where it potentially could have ended the Pete's season completely. Not for Michael Simpson, though. He completely turned it around. And that comes with great goaltending uh, coaching as well from uh, Andrew Werner, former goaltender with the Peterborough Peets. And what he does with Michael Simpson and with Liam Stushka as well as the backup goaltender, he takes the time to talk to them, to counsel them. They talk through the game uh, during the course of the intermission, even before they get off the ice, have that conversation. And to be able to have that guidance, I think, is crucial for guys like Michael Simpson, uh, Michael Simpson and Liam Stushka. We're talking with Graham Elliott, part of the Peterborough Peets radio broadcast crew. Graham, maybe to close it out in terms of some of the question marks heading into the series, as we record this, we have not heard about a suspension length for Cam Govro, a defenseman for the Peets. Not yet. As of yet, uh, last time we had heard it was still indefinite, and it was a cross-check that took place uh, during the uh, North Bay uh, series. Uh, so that one still kind of looms. And it's going to be a bit of a hit to the back end. Again, you've got a guy that's a veteran defenseman for this Peterborough Peets club that, you know, you're sort of brought in as, you know, a heavy guy, guys that can get the corner and uh, get in those dirty spots and uh, make life miserable for the offense. And unfortunately, you're going to miss that opportunity to have him here so far as we wait to see how long it's going to be until he can return to action, if he can return to action at any time during the course of this series. We've seen the London Knights miss a couple of players at times because of injury. Sarnia was a very healthy team. How's Peterborough doing getting to this point in the year? Yeah, it was a tough game seven against North Bay Battalion. So we can talk about uh, Sean Sparing, the captain. If you've seen some of the pictures uh, from the Bobby Orr Trophy presentation, uh, the players were holding up Sean Sparing's jersey. Uh, he got a broken jaw. As Pete's head coach Rob Wilson had said during the postgame press conference, it takes a lot for a guy to block a shot with his face. Sean Spearing did it twice. Uh, you know, trying to find some levity in the situation, but you know, Sean Spearing has been a great captain for this organization. He has certainly been a great leader on the ice, off the ice, and during the post of the, the course of the playoffs, he's been blocking shots all over the place, all over the ice at any given time. He has certainly been a true leader. Unfortunately, again, a freak injury now, a broken jaw. How that's going to play out for this playoff series remains to be seen, but certainly a scary situation for him as well and for the Pete's players. But now they're rallying behind their captain, Sean Spearing, uh, as well. We did see like guys like Tommy Perdeller get banged up. And then Malie has also been one where he got injured early in that North Bay series as well. Again, uh, just went into the boards, got the wrong footing. He went in uh, with his leg first. And unfortunately, uh, he's been on crutches ever since and has not been able to return to action. So he, too, is a bit of a question mark. Again, these are key guys that you're hoping to have in your lineup. So how these injuries will play out, we'll wait and see as we go into the OHL finals. Getting closer to game one. Looking forward to this entire series. Graham, thank you so much for helping us to set it up. Mr. Stubbs, enjoy the uh, series. It should be a fun one. Peterborough Pete's broadcaster, Graham Elliott. So that's what we have with the Peets, we do know we had recorded that a little bit before, so we do know that Cam Govro will return for Game 3. We still don't know anything about Jonathan Malee, and certainly it looks like Sean Spearing of the Peets will be out. They also have Chase Stillman, who we haven't mentioned, who certainly deserves mention because this is his kind of style game. He and Landon Sim, very similar players, rugged players, and guys who can also chip in offense. I just I want to see how the styles really go and and what way each team tries to push this because if Peterborough can block shots and and really 
you know, corral around the net and and make it tough for the Knights to get pucks through, I think that is to their advantage. If the Knights can get the Peterborough Pete skating, I think that's to their advantage. So game one will tell a lot, but Kyle, as we know, there's going to be a lot of adjustments along the way. Well, that's exactly where I was going to go, Mike. You know, it's for the Knights. If if they want to go that route of trying to get speed and trying to go back and forth, you got to be careful because Peterborough has some really dangerous firepower up front. We mentioned it with Avery Hayes, with Owen Beck, with Brendan Othman. Othman scored a big goal for the, uh, I believe, for the Peets in game seven against uh, against the battalion. And it's one of those, he comes in off the, the left wing. He makes a little move to the outside. It looks like he's got nowhere to go and blows a shot over the right shoulder of DiVincendez on the uh, North Bay battalion. And it's guys like that. that can make plays like that. So you don't want to get caught too much. And then vice versa. We've seen the Knights collapse and play a very tight structured defensive effort against Sarnia, who had a lot of running gun forwards on that team. They had a lot of offense with passage off and Ty Voigt and and you name it, that team could score at will, and the Knights were able to adjust too. So both teams you know, can really play to each other's strengths, but you want to be careful because both teams can adapt and also play different games as well. So I'm, I'm so fascinated, Mike, you're right, about how these teams are going to adjust and which, which style is ultimately going to prevail. Won't take too long before we find out, but yeah, if, if you do one thing, the other side is good enough to identify it and then take advantage of it. So I really think this will be a series of adjustments back and forth, and it's always boiling down to exactly what Dale Hunter will point to, and he's done this since he stepped behind the Knights bench for the very first time. In a big game, everybody's going to get chances. Both sides are going to get chances. How many? Who knows? But they're usually pretty even when you've got two good teams. You put your chances in the net, you're going to win. And it's as simple as that. You boil it down, and that's what it will be. If you have a chance, you have to score on it. And so now we're down to a best of seven to figure out who's going to take advantage of those chances to become OHL champions. Be able to live in the moment. Don't get consumed in the moment. It's huge. And that you're absolutely right. And, you know, the winner of this goes on and has an opportunity to play in the Memorial Cup. The other championship series are set as well in the QMJHL. It is the Halifax. Uh, it's Halifax versus Quebec. And in the WHL, it is Seattle versus the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, a lot of those teams very recognizable. Halifax and Winnipeg and Quebec are all teams that have been there multiple times before. So it will be very interesting to see who comes out on top in those ones. They will. And here's the thing. I want to look at this just quickly before we close out. When you look at the OHL schedule for the Memorial Cup, whether it's the Peets or the Knights who are the OHL representative, this is not an easy schedule. Things have changed a little bit this year where usually the OHL would play the WHL when the WHL hosted. Well, now they've switched it up since the pandemic and since the canceled season. They've just made it that the WHL and the QMJHL meet up. That means that whoever is coming out of the OHL has to play back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. And here's the other part of this. We've talked about the Seattle Thunderbirds and how they have seven world junior players on their roster. Usually if you have two, you have a great team. If you have three, you're outstanding. They have seven. They beat the Kamloops Blazers. Not an easy series, but they beat them in six. So Kamloops is guaranteed to be there. 
Good chance Seattle is going to be there. Winnipeg's good, should be a good series, but I think Seattle goes in as the favorite. You would have to play Seattle on the first day and then play Kamloops on the second day. So no picnic for whoever wins between the Knights and the Peets, but we can certainly talk about that a little later on. Right now, we focus on game one of the OHL Championship Series. Games one and two in London, Thursday and Saturday night, seven o'clock. Both games, I believe the Saturday game is sold out. Thursday, very close to being it. And then games three and four will go back to Peterborough. And from there, we'll see what happens. But nevertheless, Mike, this is going to be a lot of fun. It has been a heck of a ride with the first season here of the night shift. And we get an opportunity to talk about this team in the OHL championship. And I'm excited to see how for, how much further they go. We will have another episode of the Night Shift after games one and two. But here's the other part of this. You can get more Knights coverage on the Night Shift. You'll see this pop up. Thank you for subscribing if you subscribe. And, and thank you for listening when you listen. But we will have After the Buzzer with Kyle Grimard, our post-game show, up as a podcast after game one and then again after game two. And then we'll set things up on Monday as the London Knights and the Peterborough Peets play game three in Peterborough. But look for those after the buzzer episodes that will break down exactly what's gone on in the first two games of the OHL Championship Series. Going to be exciting. Looking forward to it. Follow us on all the socials as always at Stubbs980, at Cal Grimard, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Mike, let's have some fun. Let's do it. 